What's going on, Code listeners? Dr. Andrew Fix here. And I want to tell you about our friends at Element. Element makes a tasty electrolyte drink with everything that you need and nothing that you don't. That means the science-backed electrolyte ratio of sodium, potassium, and magnesium, and none of the junk. No sugar, no coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. And that's why I use it. I've been taking Element for two years now, and I absolutely love the stuff, and I wouldn't want to exercise without it. For all of you code listeners and friends of Physio Room, Elements offered a special to you guys, and I want you to take advantage of it. Go ahead and visit drinkelement.com slash physioroom. That's drinklmnt.com slash physioroom to receive that special offer. You're going to get a free variety pack with any purchase that you place, and I can't wait to hear what you guys think about it. Thanks so much. Welcome to The Code, your guide to health and human performance. I'm your host, Dr. Andrew Fix from Physio Room, a performance-based rehab facility here in Denver. On this podcast, we're going to explore the key areas of your life that impact your overall health and wellness, from sleep hygiene and stress management to nutrition, movement, relationships, and more. We bring you conversations with industry experts and top performers to share strategies they have for cracking the code on health and human performance. Now let's get to today's show. What's going on, guys? Dr. Andrew Fix back here from The Code. Uh, Thanks for joining me on this podcast episode today. We've got a fun interview lined up for you guys. Uh, I've got my friend Dr. Roger with Move Athletics, another physical therapy practice out on the East Coast, out in Massachusetts. Um, He's also an educator. He's getting into the continuing education side of things, teaching physical therapists and clinicians how to be better so that they can be better for their clients. So, Roger, thanks for joining me, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Man, my pleasure. We've been planning this, you guys, for quite a while, uh, getting, <laughs> two, getting two busy clinicians and people that are trying to run practices schedules to line up with two time zones difference is not the easiest thing to do. But here we are. And um, thanks again for tuning in. But uh, Roger, why don't we do this? Can you go ahead and more thoroughly introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, and um, and then we'll get into it. Yeah, sure. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, uh, and I'm a two-time fellow, which if anybody listening cares or wants to know, it's just like the highest level of post-professional education you can you can get. Uh, but what, what even led me down that road is uh, I'm a Marine Corps veteran, got into fitness when I was in the Marine Corps, uh, got out of the Marine Corps, started coaching in a CrossFit gym and Olympic weightlifting and lots of lots of just fitness things uh, and i realized that people weren't getting the help that they needed <laughs> around here like there was nowhere for athletes to go they were being told to you know stop running stop lifting stop jumping don't do that it's bad for your back don't do that it's bad for your knees and they would have lost like uh i don't know 100 pounds some of them or more and they've been off of all of their diabetes medication cholesterol like all of their metabolic disease symptoms uh were disappearing and they're getting off their medications and their doctors and PTs and chiros were like, just stop fitnessing. It's not good for you. I'm like, that's not the answer. Uh, so that's what I even got me into, into PT. And then when I got into PT, I realized that I had no idea what I was doing. And uh, a lot of people don't, don't know what they're, what they're doing. Uh, and the, the system was broken and I was just overrun with, you know, three to four patients an hour in the insurance world. And I just couldn't give good care. Um, even with, you know, all the advanced training, I was like, this is terrible. So then, uh, I was, I woke up one morning and, uh, I had a conversation with myself. I was like, man, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, what do you mean? You don't want to do this. What is it that you don't want to do? 
And uh, I was like, you don't want to help people? I guess your whole job is kind of messed up. Right? If you're saying, like, as a human, you don't want to help other humans. I was like, ah, that's not it. And I realized it was, I didn't want to do it that way, right? I needed to figure something else out. Um, so then I just drove to work, gave three weeks notice that day and decided I'm going to figure out how to, how to open a practice. Yeah. Uh, and that's like a quick introduction about me, right? I have two kids. Uh, I live in Western Massachusetts and I'm into, I'm into teaching other PTs. Uh, how to stroke out the process themselves as well, right? So they don't have to struggle with their confidence in their treatments and their, uh, you know, feeling unsure if they're doing the right thing by their patients and having frustrated patients and not knowing that they've gotten the right uh, testing and the right information to be able to stay the course and not be confused and not do a disservice to their patients instead of trying to struggle and figure it out along the way. <clears throat> and that brings us to present. Oh, here we are. Yeah. Four months later after trying to plan this podcast. <laughs> yeah, well, I appreciate, again, you being here. And you guys, I just want to hammer home that point of like what Roger said. He's been a coach. He was in the Marines. He's a father. He did a fellowship twice. Um, and now he's a business owner. And now he's about to become like a, a coach or a mentor, teaching other providers how, how to do it better. Um, he's extremely qualified to be talking to us today. And what we're going to get into is one of the things you said, I want to just have you touch on a little bit more. But after that, what we're going to get into is, you know, start sort of talking about how to prioritize things, how to prioritize what's important to us so that we can actually do the stuff that we want to do. And like you're doing right now, you, you said you decided you had that conversation with yourself to leave what you were doing and you prioritize something else that, that you were more passionate about so that you could go in the direction you wanted to. But you started to explain what you meant about the system being broken um, in healthcare. And you said, I was treating, you know, multiple patients an hour. I had this awesome skill set, but I still wasn't able to really utilize it and feel like I was able to truly help my clients get better. Um, so just expand on that a little bit more, because I think we, you and I, we talk about that with people pretty often about how the system is broken. And, um, but what do you mean by that? Yeah, I just mean, like, as a whole, we don't really have a healthcare system. It's more of a sick care system, right? You go to your doctor and a lot of things that could be fixed with uh, nutrition and sleep and sunlight movement gets prescribed a pharmaceutical pill. Uh, and then people wonder why, why they're sick and in pain for long periods of time. But even like if we make that more specific to how the physical therapy industry typically works, you know, you go to your primary care and you talk to them, they are no disrespect to primary cares, but they're not qualified to be giving orthopedic advice, right? They're more of a, a triage to then deal with the common ailments that they, you know, you might have colds, things like that, and then send you off to the person that is a specialist in whatever area, right? Oftentimes that leads to them sending somebody to an orthopod, right? An orthopedic doc, a surgeon, to get some images or in the office, you know, that day they get some x-rays because if you go to your doctor and they just say, Oh, you need to go see this other doctor. You feel like they've done nothing for you. And you wonder why did I come here? So they give you x-rays. Maybe, yeah, you can justify saying it's to rule out red flags, but really it's to make you feel like they've actually done something. So you don't waste your time. So now you've wasted your time. You've wasted your money. You've been exposed to radiation for no reason. Right. <laughs> And then they send you off to an orthopod 
who then tells you that you need to go try physical therapy and fail it for six weeks before insurance is going to give you the MRI that you really need so you can get the, the real answers. So then people get sent off to physical therapy, right? After months of waiting and multiple appointments and spending a ton of money and wasting their time on literally nothing. Um, then they go out to physical therapy, but they have the mindset of, well, this is just something that's not going to work. That's in the way of me getting the thing that I actually want. So the system from the beginning has set patients up for failure yeah, uh, because we know from science and studies that there's many orthopedic surgeries that don't work any better than placebo, right? Like metastectomies five years out are the same as conservative treatment. Like they've actually studied this uh, Scandinavian studies where They've done things like, hey, give you a laminectomy, give you a meniscectomy, give you uh, a, a shoulder surgery, or not, just cut into you, sew you back up. So there's the, this is blinded. You don't know if you've got the study or not. And there's no difference in the outcomes of whether they actually did the surgery yeah. or they just cut your skin up on the scalpel and sewed you back up, which is crazy. Right. So then people go into PT with this mindset of like, well, I can't actually get the thing that I need because this is just an obstacle that's in my way. And then, they are almost proven correct at that point because of the way that it's set up. It's not like, you know, in the traditional rehab setting, you go in and you get one-on-one -on -one time with your patient. I was seeing three, four patients an hour, every hour. Actually, I would have four patients scheduled to come in at the exact same time that have exercise techs, aides, right? Kids in college with literally no formal education mm -hmm. that are actually running you through your rehab protocol, protocol progressing things like completely inappropriate. We had a 30% cancel rate uh, and they would book with the expectation that we would have a 30% cancel rate. So that means they would book seven people on my schedule in an hour, expecting it to get canceled down to four. So there's times where I would see seven, eight people in an hour, right? And how do you give, you can't give good care there. People just get lost in the system and they just become a number. So when I say the system is broken, I mean, it's not set up in a way for you to be able to get the healthcare that you deserve, mm -hmm. period. Right. Like I was just talking to somebody yesterday on workers comp that is, you know, it's a, it's its own animal workers comp, like insurance at work and all this stuff. But like they get approved, they have like a massive accident and they get approved six visits at a time. So they go for six visits and they're going three times a week. So they get approved for two weeks of visits. And then there's a two week gap where they're not getting PT because insurance hasn't approved it yet. And now where they should have been better four months ago, Right, they're still in this pain because of just such inconsistencies of insurance getting in their way over and over again. It's like at this point, they feel like they're just going to live the rest of their life in pain. And as I'm talking to them, I'm like, that really doesn't have to be that way. But right, people also don't necessarily have their priorities in order, right? Like, like we were talking about, like how do you prioritize things? Like, yes, you in that situation, you want workers comp to pay for it, right? I totally get that. But at the same time, if you're not getting the care that you need, this is your life. Is it more important for you to be able to enjoy the rest of your life and have quality of life and be able to spend time with your kids and run, jump, squat, lift, your, like, play with your grandkids, be there as a human? Or is it more important for you to have insurance pay for your health care? Which blows my mind that people actually make the decision of like, no, I'd rather have insurance pay for my health care. It's not doing this job, but I pay for insurance. So I'm going to yeah. prioritize that over actually getting the help that I need, which is which is crazy to me because we see it all the time. And I'll have conversations with people because I'm real big on perspective. I've, I don't know, I've focused on the wrong things in my life plenty of times that have left me, you know, not where I should be or where I want to be. 
Um, it left me pain, like physically, emotionally, right? Because I'm focusing on the wrong things or letting the important things, like my health, slide for other reasons. But I, when people tell me that it's like, oh, well, you know, I can't afford to come and see you. Uh, but they live in America. They have a thousand dollar cell phone in their pocket. They have a brand new car. They went to college and they didn't pay cash for that. It's like, you, you can, right? Like if your car broke down and needed a new transmission, what would you do? Right. Like, it'd be weird because you would find the way to fix the car. Right. Or you'd find a way to trade that car in and get another car, all of which takes a transference of money. So if you're telling me that you can find three, four, five, six thousand dollars tomorrow to fix your car, but you can't find it to fix your body, all I hear is that your car is more important than your health. Mm-hmm. But it's a priorities thing. Like people just have their priorities all, all mixed up. Yeah. Um, it's that uh, well, yeah. interesting you say that because. One of the things that I've heard you say many times to other people or on social media or something is like, if you're, you know, if you do have issues with your car and you're going to take that in for somebody to help you figure out what is going wrong with it so that you can get it fixed, are you going to bring them your actual car so that they can look at it? Or are you going to bring them a picture like an MRI of your car and then expect them to treat it based off of what that picture says, right? Pictures don't tell us a whole lot. You need to actually drive the car, move it around, take tires off, look at things, assess it like we would do in the office, not just take snap pictures of it, of you sitting still like in an MRI tube, not actually moving when you have the symptoms. And uh, my wife and I just dropped her car off at the shop this morning on the way here to work. So then she dropped me off. She drove my car back home and she's going to pick me up later because she needs some work done. And that's not my area of expertise. And I don't want to be laying on the floor in the garage trying to figure out what's going on with her car all weekend long. When someone else who's an expert that I can pay to do it in a fraction of the time is going to be able to take care of that for us. So, yeah. first of all, I get it. It sucks, right? Like you don't have some money in your car. That's the worst. But also, just my experience, same thing, right? My experience of spending the whole weekend laying on the floor in the garage trying to figure it out, watching YouTube videos, or back in the day looking at Chilton's manuals before yeah. YouTube was a thing. It's like, in the end, uh, it's tossed me way more money a shit ton more time and half the time like i've got to like take it to somebody like get it done correctly anyway so like, yeah that's okay like break something simple still took me a long time right and then i was like oh, i don't know if this is safe when i first like started doing it because i was just kind of guessing about how to do it which is crazy now that i think about it in hindsight but that's what people do with their their health too right it's like i love that analogy of like the car and the mri um because I think it just makes so much sense, right? People are like, well, here's my MRI. I've got a herniated disc, right? I've got a torn meniscus. Well, that torn meniscus, a herniated disc, that doesn't tell us anything, right? Like, I, I love to tell people about my MRI all the time. If you take an MRI of my spine, I have multiple herniated discs, right? And I have what's called a spondylolisthesis. For everybody that's listening, doesn't know what that is, it's where your spine is fractured and slipped forward. So one vertebrae is fractured essentially off of the next, and slipped forward. And that sounds extremely dangerous, right? And that's why I love to describe it that way. Because when you look at it in a picture and you hear about it, like, ooh, that's not good. But yeah. guess what? I'm totally fine. I run, jump, lift, squat, do whatever I want, whenever I want, <laughs> like however I want, because I know how to take care of things. Like it's not, it's not a death sentence, but if you look at a photo, it can be very concerning. Mm-hmm. And that's the other thing with photos, right? It's like when you look at yourself in the mirror, Right, like I don't freak out that I've got all this gray hair and a bald spot in the back of my head and all these wrinkles because I've been watching that stuff happen for years. Right, when you take a picture of your spine, 
So you're looking at the whole history of your spine, right? If I woke up and I was 16 years old and I had wrinkles and this bald spot and much of gray hair, that would be very concerning, right? Because all of a sudden it's there. I haven't been, like you haven't been looking at your spine every day for your whole life. You have no idea how long it's looked like that. You don't know what the progression has been. Your spine could have looked like that for the last 20 years and you have no idea, right? And then after you have, like after your pain goes away, you take another picture of your spine or whatever it is. I'm like, hey, it still looks exactly the same, but now you don't have pain. So obviously the stuff in the picture can't be what's causing the pain. It's the sensitivities and the irritations around it and the inflammatory processes and like the way that you're moving, right? And like if you have knee pain, like, yes, sure, you have knee pain, but you probably have a hip and an ankle problem, right? Because the ninja, the, the knee is primarily a hinge. Yes, it moves slightly different ways, but usually it's flexes and extensions. Like that's the primary focus. Your ankles that moves a lot more different directions. Your hip that moves a lot more different directions aren't doing their job. Who's going to pay the price? That thing in the middle, you know? Yeah. Pictures don't show that. Yeah. Pictures definitely don't show that. And, you know, right before we hit record on this, you and I were talking about a client that I saw literally yesterday, less than 24 hours ago with this exact scenario where this young lady came in with pain near her knee. And her knee's not the issue, right? Her ankle wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. Her hip, her low back are not doing what they're supposed to do. And her knee's paying the price for it. And she can't run. And she wants to be able to run before, you know, for mostly mental benefits, more so than the physical side of things. And she's very passionate about it. So we need to get her back to running, but it's not going to be by treating her knee, right? So um, so let's let's parlay this conversation kind of down this path of priorities because we were just talking about, you know, how we should prioritize taking care of our health because it's our life and we only get one of those, right? But a lot of times we prioritize other things like money or our having our health care be covered by our insurance or our car or our phone or something more than our body that we just get one of. But all of us only have 24 hours in the day and we've got a lot of other responsibilities to do. And you're a great example of somebody who you're trying to run a business you're trying to start another business on the continuing education side of things. You have children that you're taking care of and responsible for. You have a home. You've got a car. You've got a significant other. So I guess without asking like too specific of a question, walk us through how you having a super busy schedule, as do all the people listening to this, how do you find a way to balance all of that and to structure all of that in a way that allows you to be able to do the things that you need to do, prioritize the thing that you need to pr- prioritize and still take care of yourself. Yeah. Time. Well, if you show me your calendar, I'll show you uh, your priorities, right? Like I heavily use my, which is bad. Cause if you look at my Google calendar right now, honestly, it's mostly work, right? Like I, there's not a lot of family time booked in there right now. And there's not a lot of time of like fitness time booked in there right now. I'm in a season of grind where sometimes like life comes in seasons where it's a little bit more work focused, right? And then other times there's going to be a lot less work focused. So I think first recognizing that like pure work-life balance and like focusing on everything equally all the time, I think is impossible. I think you have to grind it sometimes so you can have freedom later on, right? Like there's been plenty of times where I've sacrificed, you know, time with the kids to be able to grow business, work on things, which has then later on set me up to be able to pick them up from school every day, drop them off to school every day, be able to leave and take time and do all of their school events. But if I didn't have that period in the beginning where I was 
maybe sacrificing a little bit of that, right, with the long-term foresight, then I wouldn't be in the situation that I've had. Well, I think a lot of people are going to hear that. They're going to justify doing that over a long period of time. Um, but another guy we know, Chad, I just saw something on his Instagram this morning where it was he was talking about work-life balance and something that's super helpful for him is like he put up a video of his kid's reaction when, when he picks him up from the school bus, right? Like how excited his daughters get and the, just the pure joy that you can see, right? He's like, he records it and he's doing a voiceover. And like that stuff is very motivational, right? If you have a family, if yeah. you have kids to like be present for them and see their reaction, like watch that. And that's going to drive a lot for you. But how do I actually do it? Um, I plan, man. I plan everything in advance. Uh, what do they say? Proper prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Oh yeah. Man, so, I, heard that. I heard some of that stuff from uh, my college football coach so often. Yeah. And it's like, I look at my schedule and I plan out uh, the next day. I've tried to do like this block schedule where I'm like, this is going to be what my schedule is every day. And this is when I work out every day. And this is when I'm going to do this every day. And then like life happens, shit falls apart. The kids get in trouble at school. Something happens with an employee, like whatever. If there's car trouble. And it just doesn't work out that way. So I look like I have a general plan for the week of where I want to do things. But every night before before I go to bed, ideally before I finish working for the day, uh, so that way I can like shut down and be present, I plan out the next day. I write down all the things I'm going to get done in the morning. Right? So I get up early. I have like some get shit done time, GSD, where I just get shit done. That otherwise, wouldn't have time to, to get done. Right? Whether it's busy work for the business, high level stuff like for the new business planning like whatever it is that high level tasks that need to get done without any or any interruptions when the rest of the world is asleep i get that stuff done then um, and then i plan out like all right when what what does the day look like where do i have patients where do i have meetings and i just put in like what i need to where where it needs to go so i'll have this is my gsd time i wake up it's in the notes app on my phone this is the stuff i'm doing don't go on instagram don't do anything just like get right to work and then i already have it planned out Hey, if I have time here, like I'm going to work out here and I put it all in my calendar and that's exactly how I, how I operate. If it's not in my calendar, then I completely for, forget about it. Yeah. Um, Cause I'm busy, right? Like I don't, I can't remember it's bad. I can't remember to do things. Like if you tell me something, I have to write it down. I have to put it in a, in a checklist. I have to put it in a calendar somewhere. So that way there, I know to do it. Like I've got on a Google drive doc, I've got all the to do tasks, right? I've got my checklist. I literally have a checklist of like, this is the stuff I need to do in the morning. This is the stuff I need to do in the evening before I go to bed. I primarily use them when I'm building new habits, right? Checklists for me are huge. If I'm like, hey, I want to start adding in a sauna and a cold plunge. I'm like, oh, I'm super busy. Where am I going to do this? Like, all right, this is going to be my like morning checklist, right? Get up, get out of bed, get in the cold plunge, spend three minutes in there, get up, get right to the GSD list, right? It's like, boom, boom, boom. And it's the consistency and the routine that is super helpful. If I have a night where like, <laughs> I stay up late, like we've been watching uh, The Witcher. I don't watch a ton of TV, but every once in a while I'll get into a show, right? Like, Kayla and I have been watching The Witcher on Netflix. If you guys haven't uh, heard of it, you're welcome to watch it. <laughs> but, like, if I stay up, they're hour long episodes. If I stay up and watch another episode, and instead of going to bed at 9 30, I go to bed at 10 30, it's like the next day sucks, right? Like, everything is thrown off. So, and even on the weekends, if you go to, sleep at you know nine o'clock, nine thirty, ten o'clock, whatever it is on the weekday, and you stay up an extra three hours on the weekends, you're throwing your whole schedule off. I mean you've got to readjust. It's like I try to have consistency and predictability in my day-to-day life as much as possible. Get up at the same time, do the same shit when I get up, go to bed at the same time, like do the same stuff before I go to bed. And it's the habits um 
that allow me to make sure I get the important things done. And I didn't always have that. Yeah. I, when I was building the business in the beginning, there was years, multiple years where I, or even when I was going through my fellowships, right? I didn't prioritize the right things. I did miss out on a lot of my kids' lives when, when they were little uh, because I was prioritizing the wrong things, right? Like I was young. I was still trying to like have more of a social life and do all this other stuff. And I was like, I guess who paid the price? The, the small children at that point, right? Which makes me ashamed to say it, but it is what I've done, you know? Can't change it. So uh, just own it and do better in the future. So that's the time when I prioritize the wrong things. I slept four hours a night for like on average, like average it out for over a year, which yeah. in case you're wondering, leaves you extremely tired, very irritable, moody, falling asleep at red lights when you're driving. Like that's dangerous stuff. Like I didn't prioritize the sleep because I was like, oh, I want to do this and I want to do this. And I put that down. And guess what happens to your health when that happens? You end up injured. You end up getting sick more often. You end up gaining weight. That's like that's not that's not good. <clears throat> and then even building the business, you know, even being a, a health fitness centered company, right? Working with athletes, like I stopped working out regularly because I always had so much other stuff of like, all right, the business this and clients need this, and it's like it feels very overwhelming, and it feels like you need to do all of the things that all needs to get done right now until you start actually putting it in perspective, right? Like I, I started putting in a lot of work on just self growth, right? Just like as a human and uh, self development and focusing on what's really important, right? Like business, is that important? Absolutely. But business can bounce back. If my relationship with my now 13 year old daughter deteriorates, what happens then? Right? Like, is that something that's going to bounce back? No, that's something that if I don't have the time and the effort, I'm not actively prioritizing that. That's going to be something that either suffers for the rest of my life or her life, or it's going to take a very long time to rebuild. Right. So now I look at what are the things that are stressful, right? But like, what's the worst thing that happens if my business completely fails? Right. Like, yes, my employees got to go find new jobs. Guess what? They're all well qualified to fucking find new jobs. Sorry for swearing. Dropping that five. Oh, that's that's cool. Cool. Sorry. <laughs> I uh I can go get a job. Like, what's the worst thing that happens? You know? It's not it's not that bad. Yeah, so you're thinking, you know, you're basically you're basically talking about that conversation of, you know, you're juggling rubber balls or glass balls, right? Yeah. Like, and if you drop one of them, is that something that can bounce back like a business, like finding a new job? Um, I've had that conversation too of obviously I, I want to remain here at Physio Room. Chris and I and the team, uh, we're trying to build something really special. If shit hit the fan, all of us could go find new jobs. There's plenty of people that need physical therapists or or something else. We have skill sets that could do something else. We could go coach. We could go teach. We could, you know, we could whatever. Um, or just, you know, find something if necessary. But if your health deteriorates to a certain point, trying to get that to bounce back is pretty damn hard to do. Right. You yeah. might dig yourself an unbelievably deep hole that trying to fill that is going to be a whole lot harder than you digging it in the first place. Um, or yeah. relationships, like you said, those are things that once they hit a certain point, trying to mend that is man, it's really hard. And it never quite goes back to what it was when it was perfect before it got broken. Especially, especially relationships. Those are those are some of the hardest things. And uh yeah, I've definitely had relationships where I didn't put the uh intimate relationships right and put the the effort where it needed to be right left some feeling neglected and guess what those relationships are no longer right 
Um, and on the health side, like I get that, right? You're busy. You don't have time to do this. Like there's all the excuses, but really when it comes down to it, it's like, you just haven't felt enough pain yet, right? Whether it's physical pain or inconvenience pain to overcome the pain of actually making the change and prioritizing it because everything is painful. Everything comes with a cost, right? Like, yes, it's painful to spend money. It's painful to take the time and to do the exercises or prioritize or to make the changes that you know you need to make, whether it's lifestyle habit or like just doing your rehab. Right. But it's also painful to slowly deteriorate and not be able to do the things. Right. Like it's painful when uh, you're obese and you have to live in a nursing home later on because you didn't make the painful decisions earlier on of like exercise and controlling what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah. It's painful to me. Because I had, in 2015, I crashed a motorcycle quite spectacularly. I broke my arm. I broke my wrist. I broke my shoulder blade. I collapsed three out of five long lobes. And I shattered my shin bone. Mm. Uh, and I got a rod from my knee to my ankle. And I went through a lot of rehab. right? Yeah. And I've always had this little weird calf thing that pops up every once in a while. But I was like, don't rehab. I'm not doing it anymore. And it was pretty good for years. Uh, and then it actually got worse and worse and worse. And then I would just rehab it a little bit just to where like, it didn't really bother me that much. And then I would stop because it didn't inconvenience my life so much. But what does that do? It just puts you in this endless pain cycle of like, it's not so bad. It's really bad. It's not so bad. It's really bad. And then it got to the point where um, I couldn't run. Mm-hmm. I couldn't even walk. Right. And I just let it keep going. So I was so focused on my business. It still bothers me. I'm still working on it right now and it's been uh almost a year a lot less bad right but because i ignored it for so long my calf actually shrunk to being like half the size of the other calf and putting actual strength and muscle size back on like that takes time yeah like it was so bad that it it hurt i couldn't walk at a normal pace without somebody asking me what was wrong with me and i just neglected it right i would exercise i would fitness i would do all this other stuff but i just didn't have the time quote unquote to do the extra rehab because it wasn't that bad until my daughter we were hiking which hurt every step but my daughter was like hey can you give me a piggyback ride and i couldn't like i physically couldn't take a step and support my weight and hers on that leg yeah uh, without falling and then that was the moment where i was like now this is painful enough for me to like want to change it it's not the physical pain it's like the emotional pain at that right so it's affecting my life I could have avoided all of this if I would have just done the damn thing years ago <laughs> when it first started bothering me. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Well, and you were talking about this, you know, in the context of calf muscle, but it's, it's the same thing. What generally speaking, of course, there's exceptions. What you put your focus and attention on is going to grow is that you're putting focus on your muscles in the gym and your growing size. You're putting your focus on the people and the relationships that you have. And then that flourishes and that grows. You're putting it on your business. You're putting it on trying to get more sleep and then you wake up feeling more rested. Like whatever you're putting that attention on is going to grow. And I like that what you said is, you know, for pretty much all of us, this idea of perfect balance all the time and having this like perfect circle of our life is almost impossible to do. Life has seasons and in those different seasons, there's going to be a shifting of priorities to different things, whether that's like, you know, as my wife and I are about to embark on. In 10 weeks or less, we're going to have a baby, right? And the focus is going to be on keeping that tiny human alive and 
prioritizing time with ourselves and time time with with the baby and taking care of him and taking care of each other and sleep is probably going to suffer right at least this is what i've heard from every parent i've ever met is wow you're going to be lacking some sleep so that's what we're expecting and as a byproduct of that though i'm going to still try to continue to focus on my fitness fitness is going to change just a little bit with the lack of sleep and my training is going to have to be strategic right if i'm feeling terrible and I've had several nights of terrible sleep, well, the next day is probably not going to be the day that I try to set a deadlift PR, right? I'm still going to train, but I'm just going to be smart about it and shift what I'm doing and shift my focus um, because I I have some education on how to do that. I love what you said about show me your calendar and I'll show you what your priorities are because if you're putting things on your calendar or or if you were to go back in time and create a log of like what you did, well, the stuff that you write down is obviously what you're prioritizing at the end of the day, because actions speak a lot louder than words do. And one of the things that helped me the most try to be efficient with my time, and you mentioned you get shit done in the morning and stay off of Instagram and make, make a list of like what you need to do, is turning off the unnecessary notifications on my phone. Right? Yeah. I do not receive a notification when I get an email, because I get so many damn emails. I don't want to get a notification every time because then it would just distract me and interrupt me hundred times throughout the day between like three different email accounts, some coming in for each one every single day. I have times throughout the day, morning and afternoon that I try to check my email and respond to things in a timely fashion so that I'm not like leaving people hanging, but I'm not like in and out of my email folder on my phone all day long. What I try to do, though I don't do this all the time, is I try to only address emails from my computer, not from my phone, so that I it signs it with the signature that I want it to send it with, not like sent from my iPhone. And it uh, it stops me from accidentally like clicking on something, reading it, but then not actually addressing <clears throat> it. And then I forget to respond to that person. Um, I've started using this feature uh, on the phone of leaving thing, leaving text messages unread so that I don't forget to respond back to people. And if I see it come through, but that moment is not the time where I need to prioritize addressing that, I leave it unread so that I can get back to that person later and I don't forget about them. But I'm busy doing something else right now that if I don't stay focused on this, I won't get it done. And then it's just going to, the to-do list is just going to keep growing and growing and growing. You're not going to actually get things checked off. Then you're going to build up stress and anxiety about trying to get that done. Then you can't sleep. And, um, you know, I don't know. It's putting things on the calendar, like you said, has helped me significantly. And we were having this conversation, some of us at Physio Room, around the topic of fitness and exercise. Because though it's not a, like, written down requirement, per se, on the, uh, like, on the contract for someone to work here, <laughs> kind of like an unwritten requirement that you have to have something recreation or fitness related that you do that you like to do because if you didn't you'd be like the only one on the team that doesn't exercise regularly and practice what we're trying to preach to the clients we're working with every single day so whether that's the person that is answering phone calls sitting at the front desk in one of our offices what we call a client experience specialist whether that's a personal trainer massage therapist physical therapist is the largest bucket of our staff members you have to do something so you know, whether that is on your schedule before work, after work, during lunchtime, like whenever you need to get it done, well, that, that part's up to you and what you need to do that day. But man, it's got to be on there somewhere. And if it's not, what, we, what we've what we found is 
if you go too long of a season of ignoring the exercise, the fitness, the taking care of yourself, that starts to negatively bleed over into the other things. Cause what, like you've said, you went through this journey of like personal growth and development. What we found is when you focus on taking care of yourself, it only betters all the other things that end up coming along. Yeah. That's it's so ironic. I completely agree. Right. Like, so uh, when I was focused on business and trying to make all these changes and, you know, money and growth and all this stuff, uh, things weren't that great. I reprioritized on myself and my fitness and my health and taking care of myself. And it's like weird. The business is also improving and the relationships are improving. And it's like, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> yeah. It's, uh, I like what you're saying about it being strategic fitness after, after baby comes, right? Like that's so important. Most people are like, I'm going to keep doing the exact same stuff. So you could, right? But kind of the, the best idea. It might yeah. be just trying to look less, less volume, less intensity. There might be some days where you're like, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm going to walk for a few minutes and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like what I talk to people so much about, you know, exercise is, you know, whether you're traveling, whether you're having children, something that's like adding stress to your life in other ways is the body is still feeling stress, right? It doesn't matter if it's stress from not sleeping, it's stress from work, it's stress from other things, from eating like shit. It's still stress to the body. And when we're going to potentially sustain an injury, it's because our capacity exceeded our tolerance for something, right? You know, the capacity of the weight um, of your bicep, the weight exceeded it and you ruptured your bicep or whatever that might be, the disc in your back, right? Your the weight and the stress that your body was feeling was too much for what your body was able to handle. And now we have an injury. But, um, you know, when we can continue to keep the consistency, that to me is like one of the biggest goals of any, like if you're traveling for work and you're just on the road, great. You don't have to like tear it up every single day in the gym. If you just do something and you keep that habit and you keep that part of your routine in place, it makes it so much easier when you are having a better day, when your energy is better, when you're not traveling from work, you can get right back into your normal flow of things because you didn't lose the habit when shit was hitting the fan. Any, that's true for anybody that's accomplished anything large, right? Whether that is a well-shaped uh, you know, physique or a well-shaped business or amassing a large skill set at whatever it is, uh, it's that consistency over time, right? It's like, Doing things, not letting your mood dictate your actions, right? Never let how you feel dictate what you do. Because once you start moving your body, then the way that you feel changes, right? Like if I only worked out when I felt like it, I would never work out, right? Like I, well, rarely, I rarely am like, you know what? I'm in a super mood to work out, especially when I'm stressed and the kids have stuff going on and business and da da da. It's like, all right, I don't really want to do this, but. I'm going to go do it. And then at the end of it, it's like, oh man, I feel so much better. Right. Like I don't want to do the rehab for my calf. Now that I've been doing it for a long time, I'm like, man, I wish I did this sooner because it is so much nicer not walking around in pain all the time than able to run after my kids and pick things up and carry them around like children, you know? Yeah. Man. Yeah. So, so tell me about now. I know you said you're sort of in like a, you know, you're in a season where you're grinding hard business wise, trying to build this con ed. Um, in a normal circumstance, in your schedules, like normally how you have it, what time are you typically like going to bed 
and then waking up to get shit done. I think you said you go to bed like 930 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it depends on what the kids have going on. You know, on yeah. a wrestling night, it's a little bit later um, because I still want to prioritize the family time with them. So mm-hmm. like we still, if they go to wrestling and wrestling is out at, you know, eight o'clock, supposedly it's like eight fifteen by the time they leave there, 20 yes. minutes to get home. Right. And then they got a shower and all that stuff because you gross you know everybody else's sweat all over you right and then sit down and eat dinner as a family like maybe a little bit a little bit later but there's pretty much dinner talk about our day catch up um and then we have this little thing we call two plus one that we do at dinner where it's like you have to go around the table and say one at a time like it's cumulatively two things that you really enjoyed about your day and one thing that you appreciate about somebody else at the table so it's like i would tell you one thing i enjoyed you would tell me the one thing you enjoyed and just go in a circle yeah um, so we go we go through that which opens up conversations about the kids days a lot so sometimes it, it goes on for a little bit because i don't want to stop it uh, but those nights those nights might be a little bit later but i mean ideally i'm getting ready to get to bed by nine o'clock i'm in bed by nine thirty, so things are like shut down uh i'm planned out for the, re- the next day and when i say around nine o'clock nine thirty, because of the kids i don't know they like to come in there and like say good night and like sometimes it takes a little bit of time because it's so like more little family bonding at this point they come and tuck me into bed <laughs> they're 12 and 13 like they come into my room say good night hang out in my bed for a little bit and then go and it's usually about 9 30 is the goal to like be in bed lights out like ready to go to sleep and then uh typically 5 a.m times when i get up yep there's some play in there you know if i have more stuff to do i'll get up at 4 30 or 4 there's a really big difference between getting up at 4 and 5 though like, so i prefer not to do that but on those days that i know that it's going to happen you know i kind of weigh the options of like all right am i more productive if i do some things now like later at night after the kids go to bed or should i go to bed now get up a little bit earlier if i get to bed a little bit earlier get up a little bit earlier i find for me i'm more productive then those are like my magic hours trying to do things in the evening doesn't work so yeah like 9 30 9 9 30 to, to about 5 a.m yeah sometimes 5 30 if i'm tired yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty similar mine mine tends to be like 9 30 to 5 30 and um man like you said there is such a big difference on 30 or 60 minutes off on that like you know yeah. you, said you, don't, you don't watch a ton of tv you mentioned that show what i like to watch is when i can live sporting events particularly football i'm a huge football fan so the other night i was staying up watching Sunday night football, which in the mountain time zone, not too bad. I still go to bed right about 930. But I was watching this Texas versus um, versus Washington college football game the other night. Well, that thing didn't start till seven something over here. I got to bed at 1030 because I was watching that game. And then I woke up for work the next day, had my normal 7 a.m. client. And woo, that one hour less of sleep. Man, did, did I notice that. Uh, but I'm right wow. there with you. I I tend to feel personally a little bit more productive in the morning. So if I have to make a make a trade-off on that, like, okay, I have a little bit more to get done. I need to either go to bed a little later, wake up a little earlier. I tend to choose the wake up a little earlier option as well. And part of, that is, part of that's because of like what you said about the dinner time and stuff. Like I'm hanging out with my wife in the evening and soon to be our, our son. I don't want to stop that part to then dive right back into work stuff and then I got the screen in my face and stuff. And then I try to go to bed because I feel like I have a, my mind is going, I have a hard time going to bed. I'm like, well, I'd be better off. I just make a little list of like, this is the stuff I'm going to do in the morning so that I'm not thinking about it as much trying to, yeah. I set the alarm a little earlier, wake up, you know, get ready, do my normal routine. And then I typically will just arrive at the office a little sooner because then there's no traffic driving over here and I start yeah. getting shit done before the clients arrive. So that's the uh, that's the route that I normally take, and 
I'm glad that you shared that because what I have found is, you know, there's so many, there's so many books out there that talk to you about this stuff. There's so many things you can find on the internet. But what I find resonates with people more, and hopefully this is true of the the crew that's listening to this episode, is they like hearing the examples of what other real people are actually doing that are dealing with the same shit that they're trying to deal with. <laughs> they can hear different examples from different people and try to figure out what works for them. So yeah, hearing your your routine is good. I think that's a key too, right? Of like figure out what works for you. Cause I've definitely gone the route of like, oh, this person says to do this. This person says they do that. Like I'm going to do what they do. I'm going to do what they do. And I've tried so many different things. I've had big morning routines and short morning routines. And it's like simplicity is great, right? Like what, whatever works for you. Like I, I tried getting up and journaling and doing this and doing that. And it's like, cool. I'm up for 90 minutes. I've got nothing done. That's all the time that like I actually use to be productive. So for me, it's like, I can't, I've got to get it done. I'll take that stuff. I'll do that other stuff another time. But in the morning, like that's a priority. I think personally for me, the more important things are, I want to get them done first, right? Because there's no fires happening that are going to get in the way. It's like, all right, this is the most important thing I got to do today. If I get it done at 5 a.m. I get nothing else done the rest of the day. Cool. I got the most important thing done that I got to do all day. And that's it. That's right. That's the That's the way to do it. And I think that's another thing too that has that I've learned to try to do is I'm a big like list person. I'll list out all the stuff that I need to do. And previously, I didn't prioritize that list at all. I just started working through it, right? And sometimes it feels good to like check check the little things off. But a lot of times those are not the very important things. It's like, oh, send this email. Oh, do this. Where like I could do that tomorrow or even multiple days later. But if I spend literally just a couple minutes prioritizing that list, and saying like, okay, here's priority number one, two, let me do those two things first. And then when I finish those, okay, then I'll move on to what the other priorities are. And that has made such a profound difference for me of not feeling like I just, oh, I'm looking at this list. I just have so many things to do. Not all of them are as important as the other things. So like, just pick, pick the one or two most important, knock that out, get the, get the uh, biggest hurdle out of the way. Yeah, I like what you said about turning off the unnecessary notifications on your phone. I actually turned off all the notifications on my phone for a while, but then I realized that I was missing like calls and texts from the kids. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm gonna get to it when I get to it. But something I picked up from Ed Milet is, um, you know, he talks about how you everybody has that friend that they know that if they text them, they're not gonna get back to them for a couple of days, or yeah. you know, like if I text you, maybe you get back to me tomorrow. Or I know that if I text John, like I'll hear from him in a couple of days. And you train people to expect things from you like you train people how to interact with you uh so if you're that person that gets a text and respond right away you're training people that you're going to respond right away but that takes you that pulls you away from so much right like yeah. i love what you said about you know only responding to emails from your computer because if you're opening text messages and responding to emails like then your brain starts growing then guess what you're not like you're not there with your family so ed mm-hmm. something that i picked up from ed is you know there's two times a day where he responds to messages right there's one time in the morning they text email whatever it is one time in the evening and there's like priority levels of like things I need to get back today, things that I can get back to tomorrow, things that like aren't important. I'll get back to you in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and since I've adopted that, like I, it saved me a ton of stress and allowed me to be a lot more present. And honestly, like the things that before I'm like I need to get back to this right away, I get back in a couple of days, mm-hmm. and there's no issues. Like all the issues that you have about that, it's in your head. Yeah, yeah, I think what we feel about is different than what the person we're actually responding to feels about it. They know that we have stuff going on. 
Well, even even things like all right, so super extreme example that some people might disagree with, but like if my kids got hit by a bus, it'd be terrible, right? But if I find out now versus I find out like two hours from now, like it doesn't change the outcome of what's happening. Right? Like it's it's terrible. Like I would want to know sooner. Like let's clarify that before anybody gets upset, right? But it's like me knowing anything right now versus me knowing like if my mom has a stroke right now and dies and i find out right now like versus me finding out in six hours my mom had a stroke and died like it doesn't change the outcome yeah you know what i mean so that's an extreme example absolutely both of those are right but like if you look at anything like that it's like the fire that you have right now that is not that big of a deal if you get back to it now it's like what's the worst thing that happens i guess you could argue like yeah well you could get there and you can see people and you could do this in those extreme examples yes like that email that you have right now that like somebody's upset or whatever's going to happen. It's like, it'll be okay if you don't see it till tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. And I think sometimes just having a random extreme example like that helps put things in perspective. Right. Yeah. um, Well, I know we're up against it, Roger, you've got a client at the top of the hour. We're pushing it here. Um, What I want to make sure we do is wrap this, this up. So, so that person's not waiting for you, but before we do that, I want to make sure that, if something that you said resonated with anyone that was listening to us today, um, how can people get a hold of you? What's the best way for them to reach out, whether it's website or email or whatever, whatever would be the best way to, for people to find you? Yeah, look me up on uh, on Instagram. I'm pretty pretty active there. It's doc.rog, just D-O-C, period, R-O-G. Um, you'll find me there. Awesome. He'll be active on Instagram. We'll put that in the show notes. And of course, you can find all my information in the show notes as well. Um, for the code or for physio room. And if you have questions, comments, concerns, snide remarks, please put those in there. Let, let me know about them. And if you have topics that either we started to get into, but you would like us to go deeper on, or if uh, if there's other things that came to mind, man, it would be awesome if you drop a comment, drop a review on there and share that with us so that we can get an episode out on that or have a conversation with you about it. But Roger, I really appreciate you joining me today, man. This was a fun conversation. Yeah, thanks. It was great. Yeah. Well, you guys that listened to the code, we hope to catch you on another episode. If this was your first one, thanks for joining us. And if it wasn't, thanks for coming back. But we'll catch you guys on another episode of the code. See you later.